Freedom, and welcome to another podcast of Iconic Freedom, The Formula. We are talking about setting standards for accountability and responsibility in this journey of personal development. Let each care for self, and all will be cared for. So on today's episode, I'm going to do something a little different uh, than I have in the past. Um, I want to kind of free flow some ideas. So I've taken some notes that I want to kind of bounce off of you so that you can kind of get a sense of what we're talking about when we talk about emotion and the subtle nature of people controlling and manipulating you. It came to me today while I was driving at one point that you know, I hear so many people so often uh, in the media and every social media that you seem to go on to that it's outrageous. This is unbelievable. This is ridiculous. It's absurd. Can you believe this? This is not fair. Um, I mean, what's interesting about all of this is that these are all these emotionally charged words, right? Um, I've likened this to, you know, people get into a conversation and instead of being able to have a discussion about something, talk to satisfaction, develop ideas, uh, maybe you disagree, maybe you agree. Instead, they throw emotional Molotov cocktails into the discussion. Um, The latest one is all about, you know, everybody, everything in life is racist And, you know, the charge against that, you know, is nearly impossible to, you know, refute in a sense, because how do you prove a negative, right, in that sense? Um, And to be honest, even the word racist is subjective. All the things that I said before, outrageous, unbelievable, ridiculous, racist, these are all subjective terms. Now, there's a lot of people that don't want to hear that because they have decided that they're going to make a living at, you know, whatever racism they decide they want to peddle, right? Um, Racism, religion, these things are all, you know, they're businesses. I'm sorry to say, but that is the reality of it. But what I find fascinating is that people get charged up about this stuff. Uh, About a week ago, I said to somebody on Twitter, you know, when somebody makes a charge like that, you know, the simple response that I have given, um, not too often, fortunately, but the simple response I have given is, do you have a point to make? Because it really stops that part of the conversation. Listen, I'm not going to answer your emotionally charged situation for which you are incapable or you are unable to manage your own emotions. You know, I've talked about how emotions are that indicator to you that something's going on. Well, the louder a person gets and they start screaming their emotions and all of these things that they want you to say, um, you know, the to be honest, I mean, the the lesser their position is, the weaker their position is, because they have nothing else. They don't have logic and facts to talk about. They don't have solutions. All they have is their emotion, and all they do is live in their emotion. Uh, one of the things that I, you know, I hear so often is, you know, when we're talking about things being fair, 
I just think, what what an interesting word. Is I, I, I don't even use that terminology anymore. Uh, I'm assuming, presuming, I, at some point in my life I did. But when we say it's not fair, again, emotionally charged language, right? It's not fair to whom? You know, when, when you say that something's not fair, it's because you have an attachment to an outcome. And what's fascinating to me is that Fair is subjective. It is you assessing what you think the outcome should be, which, to be honest, is in contradiction to the very word. An individual's assessment that they have a personal interest contradicts the personal interest. So you're sitting there and you say, well, that's not fair, to which my response would be, fair to whom? Because if you're saying it's not fair, well, then you're not talking about the equality of, you know, the possibility or the equality of opportunity. You're deciding how things should be. And if they don't look that way, then you don't think that it's fair. Well, okay, but the word fair, you know, really kind of implies a favoritism, right? Um, it implies an inequality, uh, as, as supposing as that's how other people should live, you know, the way you think they should live. And so now this is considered unfair. But when you kind of think about that word and you think about your use of that word, every time you use that word, it's because you think that the other person should be subjugating to you. (laughs) Now, it's okay if you decide, you know, you want to determine what is correct for yourself. You want to set a standard. You want to live by that standard. Great. That's awesome. But you don't have the right to make that decision for others. And when people are talking about what's fair, what's not fair, and using that language, it gets very charged. You know, they're really, re- re- they're, they are really revealing their prejudice or their bias. If someone's speaking about something being fair, you can know in that moment they're looking out for themselves because it's an abstract word. It's, it's subjective. It's prejudice, you know, and they, they really, they haven't thought it through. You know, um, there's another technique that people use a lot, call it what you will, but, and I've said it to people before in conversation, that just came out of your mouth. And what's really funny is they look at me like, you know, I have three heads. Well, whatever's coming out of your mouth, however you're languaging things, says everything about who you are internally. So, you know, that, that old adage of, you know, when... A person gets drunk, it's like, oh, well, they say how they really feel. Well, actually, they do that all the time. (laughs) You're just not paying attention to it or you're distracted by the things. Because when I hear people talk, I hear everything that comes out of their mouth. I hear the words they choose, the inflection. I hear the emotion. All of it is like right there in, in, you know, the front of my mind. I can hear it. And, you know, a lot of times when you're talking to somebody, you can see their facial expressions and so and you see their hand gestures and all that kind of stuff. But what's fascinating to me about it is that people just a lot of people do not pay attention to these signals 
right? They're listening to the noise, but the signals are on a lower frequency and they're telling you everything you want to know. So the the piece I'd love for you to take away from that particular situation in that, that instance is that when people are saying something, when they turn around, they go, no, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> that's when if you're not in your emotion and you've been able to be calm in that moment, that's when you realize they have revealed something to you that is a reality for them. Try to keep in mind when people want to argue with you, when they want to get into a back and forth with you, um, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about what they're trying to get, what they're trying to uh, accumulate, what they're trying to derive, what they are trying to manipulate or cajole. How many times have we heard people talk about, oh, it's for the children, it's for the children. You know, it's like, you know, they, they want to get on TV. And you know what? They don't have to do this just, you know, in an angry way. They can do it like in, you know, oh, look at this. Look how sad all this is. Um, you know, this might not be a very popular view, but Jerry Lewis made a living out of it, right? Well, he didn't get paid anything, but, you know, he got a lot of publicity and a lot of money was made because of what? Because you were able to strike a chord of people's emotions. And when pe- when people's emotions are toxic, they're going to do things that under normal circumstances they wouldn't do. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't give to things that you want to give to and all that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you have a self-interest in wanting to do that. And that self-interest is to feel good. I'm not judging that. You do what you want. I won't do it because I have other means by which I want to do other things. But that's not it. Always giving people money is never a solution in my mind because it's a temporary fix. Finding other constructive ways to assist people and help them in the long term is a way for me that seems more accurate and correct because it's looking for a person to have some independence and some self-reliance. But that's in my world. Another one of these is trust. You know, oh, I trust you. Or how come I can't trust you? And okay, so, you know, and I may have touched on this, but, you know, in a little more depth, I just want to say that trust is just another emotional extortion to fool yourself and to relinquish your accountability of observation. Nobody has to trust anything. I've told clients that for years, you know, they're like, well, you know, we, we, we trust you. And I'm like, you don't need to trust me. You just need to observe me, observe my choices and observe my responses. And that will tell you everything you know. And when they call me and they email me and I'm available and I answer their questions and I speak to satisfaction, they get very comfortable with the fact that the person that they have put in charge of managing a situation for them is showing a consistent pattern of reliability. So I don't want to, you know, go down the road of, you know, consistency and pattern at this point, but I will uh, later on in another podcast that talks about the idea of, you know, when you look at patterns, if you just stick to patterns, then you miss the other moments that might be trying to tell you something. When people get emotional 
and they're trying to control an outcome, then they want to start manipulating the other person. So they'll start limiting their choices or they will start attacking them personally. Because what happens in that moment is that individual then is trying to deflect and fight off whatever the accusation is, and now they're no longer paying attention to the moment and the reality of what this other person is attempting to do. So, um, you know, my mother was, I have to say, I think my mother was an expert at this, that my mother would use all these scenarios and, you know, all this language and these emotions, and she would, you know, almost be, you know, frenetic and all this other stuff, you know, because she couldn't get us kids to do what she thought we should do. And the fact is, is that, and what did she do with all that was she would rage. You know, a lot of people do that because, again, they can't manage their emotions. They're trying to control things. And when they're trying to control things and they can't control it, then their emotions start to escalate. And the more they can't control, the more they escalate. And the more they escalate, the more incendiary type of language they're going to use to come after you. So, as you go through the week, you know, listen for these these cues that people are giving you when they're sitting there going, you know, well, I believe this to be true. Okay, well, good for you. So what? But clearly there's an emotion behind that. And if there's an emotion behind that, there's a self-interest behind that that has nothing to do with you, but everything about whatever their self-interest is and what they're trying to accomplish. People are sitting there saying, you know, this is outrageous. We should be outraged. I can't believe people are not more outraged. You know, they have an agenda. And whatever they're, they're trying to do in that moment is, again, they're trying to throw that emotional Molotov cocktail right into the mix and to distract people, you know, and trying to get them, you know, and especially people that, you know, may not be quite aware of certain things, trying to get them to pay attention to something, and then they start manipulating. So one of the other things that I want to touch base on when we're talking about emotion is your experiences, your self-assessment and your self-correction with those emotions. You know, if you're a person that's been kind of a, you know, an emotional junkie and you're moving yourself out of it, that's great. And the way you're going to do that, right, is through the comprehension of your own self-correction, your own self-assessment, right? That if you have a repetition of an experience that you're able to bring about comprehension for yourself, this will help move you towards something else. So you have this experience, you know, um, so what are you going to do about it? So, I mean, you know, one of the most popular, of course, is, you know, people that are dating. Okay, so you have this experience, and what are you going to do about it? Are you looking at it and you're thinking, well, what could I do differently? Or would you do anything differently? Or do you just meander through your experiences, your future experiences, and you keep re repeating the same experience and you keep getting the same outcome? So, you know, if you're able to find an example in your own life of, here's an experience I had, here's how I reacted in it, or here's how I managed it, and then how could I do it differently? And take from that whatever you can, understanding that all of your experiences really are opportunities for you 
in your own self-development. I mean, really and truly, if all your experiences are are almost, in, in a sense, life is urging you on to be your best self. Now, is that subjective? It is, in a sense, because I've described something, but if you observe it, and you observe a person who's healthy, you'll see that as a person keeps evaluating and self-assessing and self-correcting, their life seems to turn in a direction that, for lack of a better term, appears more positive. One of the last things I want to just touch on is that there's in so often there's in movies and television you know all these mini series things i mean there's so much emotion going on that's pulling and tugging at people and to be honest when a person is getting into that much emotion all the time they're really just not wanting to be in reality they're wanting to be somewhere else they want to experience something else but the reality is is that they really are just creating more toxicity in their life rather than enjoying what is in their universe maybe the people maybe a job maybe their extracurricular activities their hobbies instead of enjoying those things and exploring their own life they're getting caught up in everyone else's life Um, It's one of the reasons why, frankly, I don't watch reality TV. Um, You know, there was a time in the very beginning that I started to watch it, and I found myself just moving away from it so quickly because all it becomes is a producer and a company and an organization making money off the backs of all of these people's ill health. These people who literally have brain damage. I mean, to be honest, I mean, there's really no other way to say it, but they have brain damage. They are ill-equipped, incapable, unable to manage their emotions. They have grown up being thrust into situations with people and movies and television and school and friends and peers and family and all these people hounding them to feel these things, you know, to, to lead with your heart and and the problem is, is those people are actually encouraging a toxicity to basically flow through your bloodstream and continue to intoxicate you. And that's why there are people that have high highs and low lows because they're constantly intoxicated by their emotion. And every time you trigger your emotion, I want you to consider the idea that you're hit, you're taking a hit like a drug. And for some people, the more they take that hit, the more they want it. And the more they want it, then the more they're going to create in their world somehow that they're going to be able to create a situation, cajole a situation, manipulate a situation in order for them to be in that moment where they can take another hit. Uh, you'll see sometimes people that are dating, you know, they it seems like, you know, they're constantly dating, right? <laughs> you know, they're they're going out and they're meeting new people all the time and, and they might see someone for a few weeks and then it dies and then, you know, uh, they go on to the next one. But in the very beginning, oh, this person's so great and wonderful and blah, blah, you know. But the thing that's so funny about it is that 
what's really happening is is the toxicity the the uh, addiction almost if you will of them going in for the chase and wanting to go towards you know getting that hit getting that high and then wanting to repeat that high but what happens is is eventually the reality unfolds and as it unfolds then you know one or both people are like wait what the hell (laughs) why am i with you now for some people they ignore it they don't want to be in reality and so they ignore it and they try to find other things to distract from it and they try to find compromise and oh it's okay and you know i really shouldn't judge a book by its cover and and then all of that brainwashing that they've had you know, since they were a wee one, comes flooding back in. And for some people, you know what? They'll spend a lifetime, unfortunately, in a situation for which they are unhappy. So as I close this out, I just want to, again, encourage you to take a look at the incendiary emotional language that people are using to uh, manipulate you uh, not just you know, not just through their ego and their self-interest, but you know they're also doing it through their words, and they're doing. And, and now, I mean, with social media and everything, they're doing it with you know pictures and film, and I mean, and, you know, and they're recording things. And so, I mean, it comes to a point where it's like, can you even you know look at it and 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 be comfortable with knowing that's a reality? Is it? Is it a reality? Or are we only seeing a partial picture of it? But if you're not in your emotion, you're much more able to be in a place where you are now being discerning and you're looking at something and you're stepping back and you're like, okay, I need more information. Let's see where this goes. Let's see who this person is. Let's see where this story goes. Um, And you'll start to notice that, you know, it, it happens a lot where it shoots out of the gate, it skyrockets up, and it comes crashing down. And we are at the end of another podcast. If you wouldn't mind hitting that like button and maybe sharing this with a friend or two, you never know what this might do for them. If you'd like to subscribe, feel free to do so. You can do that on the website, link down below. My email is there, so if you have a situation that you'd like me to cover on the podcast, that would be awesome. I'd be happy to do that. Send me an email. And if you'd like to be interviewed and tell your story about accountability and responsibility, send me an email.